right now, though, we're going to talk about deep fakes. And these are becoming more and more prevalent out there. And our Scott Shantz is with us now. Scott, I'm just concerned that not enough people are that we are all not skeptical enough of this. Yes, there's a ton of concern around this and it's nothing new. Like deep fakes have been around there for a couple of years. What we're talking about is like AI or Photoshop essentially generated images of something that's not real. Um, they've been around about celebrities for a long time, but it all caught fever over the last four or five days because an AI created some explicit deep fakes of Taylor Swift. And when you mess with Taylor Swift and the Swift that's when you know that the world is going to uh, sort of stand up and take notice. And an interesting thing happened because essentially it broke the internet and not in the way that she's broken the internet before where everybody loves Taylor Swift so much that things get shared and the system can't keep up. But X, which used to be Twitter, actually canceled all searches of Taylor Swift for a short period of time to stop these type of searches and images from getting spread. And that brings about some ethical questions as well in terms of like, how do you police what gets searched on the internet and stuff? So there's a lot going on here. So I'm speaking with a lawyer from UBC. Her name is Kristen Thomason, and she deals with this type of stuff, deep fakes, um, privacy usage, all of that type of stuff. So first question, Kristen, is it illegal to make a fake image of another person? That is a excellent and complicated question to answer. Um, in part, I mean, I can give you the lawyer's answer, which is it depends. But um, in part, it really depends on like, what is somebody making the image for? Um, how is that image ultimately used? Is it made public or is it just made for personal uses, there is some uncertainty. I would say there's some legal uncertainty around some of these questions. Um, it, essentially, what it comes down to right now, at least in Canada, is how would the laws that we have right now apply to this, um, you know, this technological capability to do something slightly different than the laws envisioned when they were created? So, I mean, I'm a legal academic, so I think about, like, why do these laws even exist in the first place? And I would say a lot of our privacy laws are in Canada are designed to get at the kind of dignitary of self-autonomy harm that we really see exemplified with something like a, a synthetic creation of an intimate image. And so ought to be applicable, at least in many cases where these kinds of images are created and that image is an intimate image. Uh, but to just create an image of somebody else using artificial intelligence, I think, is in a tenuous place right now. Um, there are some copyright protections that might be relevant. Like um, if you're the person who took the source images, you have a, a legal interest in those images. If you're the person who's portrayed in the images, like there's also been a deep fake of Taylor Swift and there have been others as well. Um, selling products. And so there could be some copyright laws that apply in that case where somebody's image is used, but you have to be famous or known for those to uh, usually apply. So it's, it is a really complex landscape right now. And I think that's uh, what's really highlighting for people that it would be helpful to have more clarity. But you touched on this. I think I mean, I, I've quoted this line of hers before, but, you know, X marks the spot where we fell apart is a line from one of her songs. And it really it drives home, you know, there's a lot of complexity around creating these kind of images. But there's also a really, I think, clear responsibility for companies that make 
distributing this kind of information really easy to have some kind of guardrail in place to quickly um, step in, intervene, and remove that content without having to completely silence that person. I think you're, you're hinting at this, but now X has just completely um, shut down searches of Taylor Swift altogether, which is, I, I think, an abdication of responsibility. It's going so far in the opposite direction that it's now completely silenced conversation about her, which um, is exactly what a lot of these deepfakes do is, is silence um, engagement in public. And I think that that's a really terrible consequence that needs to be considered in however the law is designed to address some of these issues. Right. Because I mean, for Taylor Swift to have her searches canceled for 24 hours, that's not really going to affect her at the end of the day, but maybe you're an aspiring artist and, you know, to sort of have your, 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 the ability for people to search you out for 24 hours, that could have some, some serious consequences. So taking that power away, I mean, it seems like this is such a, a multifaceted ongoing thing. And it, in a way, it feels so daunting to me. Like, are we ever going to get ahead of this in a world where we have mm-hmm. like a free and open internet? It just feels like these two things stand in absolute like um, competition. I mean, if I can say something that feels, I mean, to me at least, you know, again, it's like somebody who studies why do we even have laws in the first place, those kinds of questions. If I can say something slightly optimistic, it's that really when it comes down to it, like we do have rights that are recognized in the law. I think increasingly the law has recognized the real rights infringements that happen with um, the creation and distribution of intimate images, especially distribution. I think we could benefit from more clarity around creation. Um, you know, if, if what we do is focus, because I, I study these technologies that are changing all the time over the time that I've been working in this field of AI and robotics, you know, there's been many hype cycles, many iterations of the technology that's sort of at issue, most at issue. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is if we focus on really clarifying our rights, and then most importantly, how do we get a remedy quickly and effectively when those rights are violated. And that's something that I think is really positive about this new BC legislation. Like sometimes the most important thing in the moment is get that picture off the internet. So how do we create more structures like that so that when people recognize that their rights have been violated, they have, you know, step-by-step guidance in terms of what they need to do next that will actually accomplish something. And then of course, really importantly, you know, how can we focus on the infrastructural issues like, you know, ensuring that social media companies are responsible, um, ensuring that the designers of these tools are responsible for mitigating this as much as they possibly can, uh, because that will save individuals from having to constantly enforce their own rights, which obviously is not a very fulfilling outcome. Um, but I think that there are ways that, that the law can be designed to, to deal with some of those concerns, because I think you're right. The, Striking that balance is a complicated process. Kristen Thomason, she's a law professor at UBC, and uh, I think that this is going to be a ongoing conversation, Simi, as uh, AI continues to develop and advance. We need to get on this. Yes, it's going to go. It's already running past us, and we're trying to rein it in. And we see, what, look, look what happened to the social media companies. Well, absolutely, and I like the point that she made. This is like my takeaway line, and she's like, "Let's just get that picture off the internet as fast as we can, and go that, from there." That. Yeah. That should be the priority. Absolutely. Scott, thank you.